0: Hey, thanks for tuning into our podcast today. My name is Derek Puckett. I'm the lead pastor at Renewal Church of Chicago. If you want to know more information about us, you can head to our website at renewalchicago.com. I pray today that this message is a blessing and an encouragement to your soul. Family, as we get into the word this morning, I want you to meet me in Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1, we're going to finish up our What Do I Believe series. We're going to talk about the resurrection this morning. I'm excited to jump into this text. Acts chapter 1, we're going to read through verse 11, starting at verse 1, talking about the resurrection. If you haven't been with us during our series, I invite you to go back online or even our YouTube channel and watch the sermons up to this point of what do I believe. It's so important to know what you actually believe. And maybe you're trying to you're struggling with that. You're trying to figure it out. Man, this is a great series to walk through with maybe slowly one sermon a week or one sermon every other day and 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 catch up with us in this series. But today we want to end with what is the resurrection. Uh, so meet me in Acts chapter one if you're not already there. Acts chapter one, we're going to start in verse one. Hear now the reading of God's word. It is not for you to know the times or seasons that the father has fixed on his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And when he had said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up and a cloud took him out of their sight. And while they were gazing into heaven, as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes and said, men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will come again the same way as you saw him go into heaven. The very words of God. Amen. Today, uh, again, I want to preach on the resurrection. I've titled our time, The Hope and Power of the Resurrection. The Hope and Power of the Resurrection. Let's pray. Father God, you're awesome. I just pray even as we enter your word right now, one thing and that thing only, that you'd hide me behind the cross. The reason I ask that, God, is that I may decrease and that you may increase in this place. Father, have your way. Let your people hear a word from you. They don't need to hear from me. They need to hear you this morning. I need to hear you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. We pray all these things in the mighty and matchless name of Jesus. And all of us said together, amen. Amen. Friends, there's a truth that all of us, I believe, can resonate with, and uh, the truth is that if a person has lived their life for the betterment of other people, meaning they haven't lived it just for their own good, then their legacy or their work will live on far after they're gone. What I'm saying is, in essence, their hard work or their toil will not only benefit them, but it more importantly will benefit the lives of other people. And many of you have met my mother. And uh, and even if you haven't met my mother. I'm going to tell you a little bit about my mother. Um, if someone were to ask me. Who's my hero? Next to Jesus. I'd tell you it's my mother. Now that doesn't mean I'm some type of mama's boy. Or I just love my mommy and all this stuff. No I do love my mama. But if you were to ask her or even ask me. We've had our share of disagreements. We've had our arguments and fights. times, you want to throw a shoe at me. Don't tell nobody about that. But that did happen. Uh, But I love my mama and she loves me. And being the oldest of four kids, I was able to experience the harsh reality of a single black mother raising four kids on her own in a world where many of the so-called chips were stacked against her. Uh, Many days, I would see my mother come home from work or or she'd get home in the morning while we're still asleep and she would be up cooking breakfast just a couple hours after she got off. She's cooking breakfast before we went to school and she would walk out the door with us, literally, drop us at the bus stop, and then she would walk to get in her car to go to her next job, be home after work to cook dinner, then go back to work again the night shift. Many days, I saw my mother do this. She worked hard, y'all. But hear me. My mother did not do this because she just liked the work. She didn't do this because she wanted to have a better life and she wanted to experience the blessings or the privileges that came along with all her hard work. But she did this. Don't miss this. So that her four kids could have clothes on their back, food on the table and a roof over their heads. Now, with that family, we didn't have the finer things. We grew up in the hood. We didn't have all of those things, but we had all that we need. We always had what we need. My mother worked hard. She toiled. And because of her work, family, my sisters and I, we were able to attend some of the best schools. We, we all have master's degrees and we have families now. We're doing well because of her work. But hear me, just in case you missed it, I'll say it again. She didn't do this. She didn't work hard because she just wanted to experience the privileges of her life and the blessings of her working hard, But don't miss it. She did this so that her kids were able to afford the possibility of living a life family that benefited from her work. Some of y'all just missed that. Friends, again, when a person lives their life for the good of others, their legacy lives on far after they're gone hear me, and we, we, could, we could attribute this to many different things in our life, and, and we could attribute this to many different per- people. We could probably go down a list of people that we can remember, family, that, that have lived their life for the betterment of other people, and people have benefited because of this. Dr. King, for example, Dr. King had a dream. He preached on this dream where, where equality would be between uh, different races, where little black boys and little white boys would be able to play together, but also have equality when it came to their, their rights. And friends, He didn't actually live to be able to see that dream come true because of his assassination. But I would say, even though the playing field hasn't been totally leveled out, we still got a lot of work to do, family. Here's the reality. Most of us can agree with me right now that we've all experienced the blessing of Dr. King's hard work. Maybe you can't get with that one. We all can get with this one. Uh, Modern day where we are right now, we're all kind of sad, especially on this Sunday. Sports are not on TV. Oh, my God. Sports are not on TV and we don't know what to do. Sports, basketball. I'm going crazy a little bit, too, because this is about to be playoff season. But take basketball, for example. Bill Russell. Everybody knows the great Bill Russell. Bill Russell was the first black NBA superstar, not the first black star. I said the first black NBA superstar. And during his time, he, he worked hard in, in the midst of racial inequality and all the troubles and trials he had to go through as a black player, a black superstar playing in a predominantly white sport back then in the 50s and 60s. Basketball was predominantly white. But because he went through all the troubles, because he went through all the struggles and the trials that he went through, our beloved Chicago Michael Jordan of the Chicago Bulls or the LeBron Jameses of the world or the Kobe Bryants of the world as black men now can be the face of a once-white NBA, and everybody, black, white, all different races, are looking up to these guys when they think about basketball, and that's because Bill Russell, people like Bill Russell fought for the rights that they didn't necessarily get to see, but the people after them did. Family, again, hear me. When folks live their lives... For others or for a cause that's much greater than themselves, their legacy or their work lives on far after them. Now, I'm not sure if you're following me or you've been with me, but I promise I'm coming to your neighborhood right now because this helps us right where we are. This helps us understand that while we're sitting in our homes, quarantined in our homes on this Resurrection Sunday, we don't have to sit in our homes with our heads held low and looking at the ground and, and sobbing because we can rest in our homes, holding on to a hope we have. You know why we can hold on to this hope? You know what it is? Because hear me, there was someone that came before us who was also, so to say, Quarantined in a tomb for three days. He laid in that tomb with a rock that was rolled right in front of the tomb where he could not exit a man that according to Philippians 2 would say that that he did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but yet he would step out of heaven. Put a human suit on, as I like to say, put on flesh, come down here in the form of a servant or a slave as, as a man and die for me and you. He being God, Jesus didn't come down here to be served. But he came to serve and to die for us. And because of his death, we are free from the penalty of sin. We don't have to suffer the wrath of God. But I'm so glad that that's not where the story ends. Some preacher used to say it like this back in the day. And it's picked up early on a Sunday morning. Christ got up out of that grave signifying his power power over sin and death to the point to where now we don't not just necessarily have to suffer the penalty of sin, but because he has power over sin and death. Now we are free from the power of sin. If we believe that's good news, family, that's good news on a Sunday. And I don't know about you, but I need to hear good news right now. Hear me friends. Jesus was also quarantined, just like you and I locked in a tomb. But he got up and he walked out of the tomb with power in his hands. So that this morning where we're gathered together, while we're in the midst of COVID-19, quarantined in our homes, we don't have to have a false hope. But we can have a hope in Jesus that surpasses our understanding because Jesus, who is sovereign, has the power to overcome every battle we might face, which means that although we may be quarantined, just as he got out of, out of that tomb, hear me, he's not done with us yet. And whether on this side of heaven, which I'm praying that he would relieve us from the COVID-19 and all the things that are happening in this world right now, I, I'm praying that he would relieve us from it. But if it doesn't happen here, and it doesn't happen until we meet him in heaven, if we believe, hear me, trouble won't last always. Won't last always. Amen. But until then, our hope rests in the truth of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Family, that's where I want to park our car this morning. I want to pull up right there and I want to talk about the resurrection. I want to spend time this morning because the truth of and the hope in the resurrection is more prevalent today than ever before. I have two points for us this morning. Number one, there's hope in the resurrection. And number two, there's power in the resurrection. Again, that's there's hope in the resurrection. And number two, there's power in the resurrection. Now, as we begin with just a bit of context, the book of Acts is believed to be written by Luke, and he's writing to a man by the name of Theophilus. We see that in the first verse here. We don't know much about Theophilus. We just know that he rolled with Luke, and uh, so to not go into much of that, but what we do know is what Luke is saying here. In the first verse, he says, I've dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach, which alludes to the fact that he's going to continue to talk about all that Jesus is going to to continue to do and teach, but this way he's gonna do it through the church as we'll see as we walk through this text. Now, looking at verses two through three in our text, we see Jesus presenting proof he has risen from the grave and by him rising from the grave, if you haven't caught it by now, it signifies his power over sin and death. Verse three, you look at the text, it talks about Jesus presenting himself to the disciples with the holes in his hands and the holes in his feet. These first few verses of our text today are very significant, but commonly when we open the book of Acts, we start reading really quickly through it and we miss what's happening here. And so I want you to do this with me. I want you to slow down and I want you to imagine with me for a moment what the disciples and the people that followed Jesus are going through, what they just went through. What, what, what are they feeling right now? Could you imagine with me? They walked with Jesus, they talked with Jesus, they ate with him, they hung with him. They just saw Jesus die one of the most gruesome deaths anyone could die. Could you imagine now the pain, the hurt for some of them some betrayal. Like could you imagine what they're feeling right now within their spirit, within their hearts? Can you imagine but here in our text, they see their Lord risen from the dead for not one day, not two days, but 40 days. Here's Jesus coming back in the flesh. They get to touch his wounds like Thomas does in John chapter 20, putting his hands through Jesus's wounds. Now, could you imagine on the flip side the joy, the amazement that they feel because their Savior, Jesus, has come back from the grave? Now, family, this probably feels something like an emotional roller coaster. I can only imagine. I mean, at one point they're sad because he's gone then they're happy because he's back. And then they're doubtful like Jesus. Is this really you? I mean, this is nobody's ever risen from the grave. Could you imagine with me? What they're feeling? I, I mean, I've never seen anybody raised from dead. Have you? And I can guarantee you these. These disciples, they're not, they're not fans of Elvis and Tupac. They ain't sitting around saying, oh, he ain't dead, he ain't dead, he ain't dead. Oh, it's the heaven for a Jesus. Some of y'all have no idea what I said. I mean, that's a Tupac lyric. You can look it up one day. I mean, but, but they saw Jesus die. He was shown sure enough dead as they like. I mean, he was laid in the tomb. He was dead. But now they see Jesus stay with them not one day, but 40 days after he's risen from the grave. Family, what I'm trying to get at is that there is hope in the resurrection. There is hope in the resurrection. Hear me. Those of us that believe, we're no longer enemies of God, but we are justified. We're declared legally right in God's sight solely because of Christ's death. God loved us. God gave his son to us for as a sacrifice. We believe now we live forever. That's the gospel in the nutshell. God loved. God gave. We believe we live forever. That's the gospel. But see, the truth of the matter is that as we can celebrate what Christ did for us on the cross, none of that family means anything without Christ's resurrection. His death, his burial means nothing without the resurrection. If Christ did not rise from the dead, then we would not be redeemed, nor would we be declared legally right. Without the resurrection, there is no redemption. Don't miss that. Without the resurrection, there is no redemption. When Christ rose, he conquered sin and death because when he died, y'all, he just took it to the grave. He took sin and death to the grave. But family, if that's all he did without the resurrection, he essentially would just be a good dude that did some miracles back in the day. And we would write about him in the history books. Oh, yeah, that Jesus. He was a great guy. But family, I'm glad that that's not where the story is. Somebody say it again. He got up. Jesus got up. I hear you. He got up. Christ got up. Death couldn't hold him down. As that song we sing, it says, hear me, family. The resurrection completes our redemption. He died. He was buried and he rose. Hear me. We cannot be justified or declared legally right in God's sight without the resurrection. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, 13 through 14, look at it with me. He says these words. But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain and your faith is in vain. He says that without the resurrection, Christ's resurrection, our faith is in vain. Or in other words, it's meaningless. It is Christ's resurrection that completes our redemption. But friends, you, you know what brings me the most joy when I read this verse what, what that Paul's saying here in Corinthians? You, you know what brings me the most joy is that when Paul says in verse 13, he, he's talking about the resurrection of the dead, which means that when, I'm di- when I die, I, I'm not going to just... Lie and rest in the grave. But if I believe in Jesus and because I believe in Jesus, I will go to live with him in heaven forever and ever. I'll be resurrected to be with him in eternity forever and ever. That's good news. Friends, faith in Christ's resurrection is important because without it, there is no hope. If Christ hadn't risen from the grave, our faith would mean nothing. It's the resurrection that gives us hope. The resurrection makes redemption complete. But I know some of y'all are looking at the screen like, okay, Pastor D, I get this whole resurrection thing, but I still don't see how it's lining up with redemption. Well, I've kind of told some of y'all this before. Think of it like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Peanut butter and jelly sandwich, y'all. I grew up in the hood, so I used to crave some peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And I'm going to tell you the truth. Ain't nothing like an good old PB and J and I know we're in in Chicago and some of y'all are uber healthy and you like peanut butter and jelly come on now you know you ate a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and I'm sorry if you're allergic to it I'm not trying to talk to you but peanut butter and jelly sandwiches y'all I grew up with I love me some PB and J and you can't be healthy and put it on the wheat bread no 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 you can't get the joint the crustable joints y'all some of y'all know what I'm talking about where you get it out the freezer well no, that's nasty no you got to get the peanut butter and jelly and put it on the white bread. And it's gotta be on white bread. Some of y'all amen and in, in your house right now. Because when you put that jelly on the white bread and the, the jelly, it starts seeping in the pores of the white bread, and it and they start, they, they, it starts getting a little soggy. And boy, when you take a bite out of the peanut butter and jelly sandwich, some of y'all getting hungry right now, it just oh boy, it just brings oh, it brings back memories, just even talking about it. Ain't nothing like a good old PB and J. You know, some days I would come home from school and I'd be craving me a peanut butter and jelly sandwich because, again, in the hood, sometimes that's all we had to eat. And the problem with that is sometimes... We didn't even have peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. So I would come home, you know, and I'm craving me a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, and I would go to the cupboard, y'all. I would get my my napkin all laid out on the counter. I get my nice butter knife out. It's it's all shined up and it's it's ready to go. Then I go back to the cupboard and I get the white bread out of the cabinet and I lay down my two slices of bread on the table and then I go to the refrigerator and I start moving around the items because now I'm, you know, I'm I'm, I'm, I got my peanut butter already out, so I, I got to look for the jelly now. I'm in the, in the refrigerator and I'm moving stuff around and I'm like, um, ain't no jelly. What am I going to do? You can't have peanut butter and jelly without the jelly. But see what would happen, you know, what we would do, in the hood, we would get creative with it. And so I would throw some sugar on that joint and I put some sugar on that peanut butter, or don't knock it until you try it, or you put some honey on that peanut butter sandwich, and you put the two pieces of bread together, and you start eating it, but the problem is because you don't have jelly, when you start eating it, you start trying to swallow, and you're choking and stuff, So because you can't get it down without the jelly, so you take the water, You take a swig of water to help it get down again because the jelly helps the peanut butter go down. Some of y'all missing what I'm saying, friends. There cannot be a peanut butter and jelly sandwich without the jelly. It is simply incomplete. And just like the PB&J is incomplete without both ingredients, hear me, redemption is incomplete without the resurrection. Amen, somebody. See, redemption is only complete with the resurrection. The resurrection is what gives us hope. The resurrection is what keeps us going. It's what keeps us living for Jesus in the midst of all that's going on because Christ rose from the dead. But just as Paul says in 1 Corinthians, y'all, he just told us, That if we believe this is what continually brings me hope when I understand the truth of the resurrection is that one day Christ is coming back, family, and he's freeing us from the very presence of this world. And if we believe we'll be with him forever and ever in heaven, y'all hear me. There should be this immense amount of joy within our spirits in the fact that Christ rose from the grave. Amen. Family. Family. Jesus' work on our behalf gives us hope and joy beyond any trial or problem we may face because he's already conquered it all for us, which means that I don't have to fret. I don't have to worry about everything because he has conquered the world for me. I just have to believe. Friends, the resurrection gives believers hope. And hear me. Somebody is watching right now, and you're you're, you're sitting there, and you you're like you're struggling with your hope. God's not for us. He doesn't want it to no Hear me. Believe. Believe this Sunday. The resurrection is what gives us hope. Secondly, friends, as we move on in our text, there's power in the resurrection. There's power in the resurrection. The, uh, the text you see Jesus is not only resurrected and that's not only what gives us hope but there's there's power in his resurrection as Jesus is getting ready to ascend in this text he says you will receive power and we see this in verses 4 through 9 if you look at it with me see before this we just looked at how Jesus resurrected from the dead But now he's going to leave again. So the question becomes, if I'm one of the disciples right now and I'm sitting there with Jesus and he's saying these things to me, where is the joy in this, Jesus? You just came back. Now you're going to leave me again. Come on now. How am I supposed to have joy, Jesus? But hear me, the joy comes before because before he leaves, he says these words. He says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses in this world. Now, there's a lot going on here, and I don't want you to get lost in the midst of the weeds right here. But the point I want us to take away is that although Jesus is about to leave his disciples again, although he's about to leave this world and go back to heaven, hear me, he does not leave without giving his disciples everything they need to keep on going after he's gone. Therefore, believer in here that's watching, that feels alone in this world, You may be feeling hopeless right now. You may be feeling like nobody's there with you. You may be even starting to believe lies. I'm no good for nothing. I have no purpose. God doesn't love me. I I, 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 I do believe. I did believe. I I don't know anymore. Hear me. Hear me. You are not by yourself. The third person, of the Trinity is with you. Jesus left them and gave them to us. Him in spirit, the Holy Spirit, so that we could have hope so that we could have power. You're not alone. And let me put it this way, because I don't want you guys to miss this. In the movie, The Lion King, where I'm pretty sure all of us have seen this old Disney classic, uh, Simba loses his father, Mufasa. Mufasa is the king of the land. He's the lion, he's the the man, he's the king of the land. But due to a stampede trampling him as as he's trying to uh, save Simba, he dies. And long story short, Simba is tricked by his satanic uncle. I like to call him satanic because he, he whispers in his ear these lies to Simba. He's kind of like that serpent slithering in the garden. He's whispering these lies to Simba about him being the reason or the cause that his father has died. And Simba, believing these lies, believes these lies, and he runs away. And don't miss this, he lives as a common lion instead of living as the son of a king. Some of y'all just missed that. Simba starts believing lies. He runs off. And years later, family, he's living this life without so-called worries, hakuna matata. He's living in the middle of nowhere with a warthog. And I can't even tell you what the other one is, but he's 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 living a lie. And all the while, y'all, he's been he's been truly given power. He's been given position. He's the true heir to the throne as his father has passed away. But because his father is not with him, he's dead and he's gone. He's not physically present with him. He's believed these lies that he's something that he's not. And he's come to believe that he has no purpose. He has no purpose he finally gets confronted. I love Nala. That's my baby's name. He, he, he's confronted by Nala. She comes and she pins him down and and helps him accept his true identity. He goes back and he defeats Scar and he restores the lion, land. Don't miss where I'm going with this family. Hear me, because I, I'm not sure if you follow me. Someone is listening right now and you're struggling with who you are. You've you, you've started to believe lies. You're believing lies that are being whispered into your ear or even media or people around you. You believed or and you're like, but I I don't know what what is in the midst of this hopelessness. Is God still real? Is he with me? I, I, Pastor D, you don't know me, though. I I sinned over here. I did this. I did that. I'm so unworthy of God's love. I don't even know if I believe, Pastor. I don't know if I believe. I mean, God doesn't want me. What would he want with me? All lies. All lies. If you believe there is nothing that you can do or that can happen to you that can separate you from being a child of the king. There is nothing that can separate you from the love of God. If you believe when we believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ, not only does he give us hope to keep going, but he also gives us power to keep going through the trials and the struggles in our life. He gives us power. You see, just like Simba, although Mufasa was gone physically, his spirit lived on through Simba. His power, his authority, his position lived on through Simba as his heir. And no matter what Simba did, no matter how far Simba ran off, y'all, he, was nev- he, he could never lose his identity as the son of a king. He might start thinking different things, but he always was still the son of a king. Someone needs to hear that right now this morning. Jesus still loves you. Jesus still wants to be in relationship with you. Just believe. Believe this morning. Believe in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Jesus, in this text, he knew what he meant to his disciples. And he knows he's about to leave. So he tells them, you'll receive the Holy Spirit. You're going to receive the Holy Spirit, me in spirit, basically saying, though, though, although I'm physically not going to be with you anymore, I'm still with you. I'm still with you. He says all of this before he gives them the tall order of being witnesses to the rest of the world. He reassures them in his ascension by giving them the Holy Spirit, a a counselor, a friend in need, someone to guide them when they're they're lost, when they can't get through it by themselves. He he simply knows they're not prepared for the task. He says, here's the Holy Spirit to help you. See, y'all hear me? Jesus knew his disciples could not be his witnesses without him. Because Jesus is the only one who has the power to save. You see this in verse 8. He's the only one that has the power to save. That's why he says y'all will receive power and boldness from the Holy Spirit to be my witnesses. A witness is just someone who tells somebody about something else that they've seen or they know is true. It ain't, you're not the person that can save. Jesus has the only one that has the power to save. Family, we don't have what it takes to fulfill the mission of being witnesses of a holy God. I mean, if we're honest, we're some dirty, grimy, some low down people. And I'm including myself in that, y'all. But with the Holy Spirit, hear me. Believers have all they need. Have all we need. We that believe, we're prepared because we're not relying upon our strength. We're not relying upon what we bring to the table in a world where things like COVID-19 and corrupt politics and murder, all of this is happening all at the same time all over the world. You see, we we don't have the strength. We don't have the power to make it through these things on our own. And and, and I don't know about you, but y'all, I get down in this. I I look around at the state of the world and and I get sad. I get down and out with it. I don't have the power to get through. I don't have the strength. I don't have the hope within myself to make it through the day-to-day struggles. And when I look at the world but as a believer we prevail because we're not relying upon our own power but we're relying upon a power and a strength that comes from Jesus we're relying upon a power and a strength that comes from him when he rises from the grave and then he gives us the gift of the Holy Spirit as he lives within us it's not us family but it's him living within us it's him who gives us strength that's good news you see, a lot of times we, 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 we treat the Holy Spirit like he's some kind of mystical being. Genie in the Bible, when if we rub him the right way, he's going to pop out and give us what we want. When the truth is, family, he's not. He's God. He's the third person of the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. He will never contradict God's word. He will never contradict anything Jesus is speaking but instead, he submits to the Father and to the Son, and he speaks according to the word. But yet, he's still God. Three distinct persons, the Godhead, three distinct persons, but same nature and essence. Friends, Christ new believers couldn't walk through this world alone. So what's he do? He sends the Holy Spirit. He's with us, which gives believers hope and power. Family, because of this truth, we that believe in the midst of a broken world, we can declare those words. The Apostle Peter says in 1 Peter 1, 3, where he says these words, look at it with me. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Don't miss that. He's given us a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. We can declare those words, believing them, because Christ didn't just die and be buried, family, but again, He got up. Somebody say it again with me. He got up. He got up with power in his hands. He got up and defeated sin and death. He got up, and by doing so, he declared to everyone that he is God because God only has the power over sin and death. Y'all hear me? He got up and was seen by more than 500 people. He got up, family, and through him getting up, he gives us hope and power. That's good news. So on this Resurrection Sunday while we're in our homes and we're scattered about watching all over the place we can have hope this morning because no matter what is going on we can remember he got up. And hear me when I look at this scripture as we end you know the truth that really gives me hope this morning is the promise that is given to the disciples here in the text. I find myself meditating on the truth of the scripture and the promise that's given to them. At the end in verse 11, you see that the disciples, they're staring off into the sky and two men in white rose angels come and they say, men of Galilee, why are you gazing into heaven like that? Basically, why are you looking into heaven as if you have no hope? That same Jesus, they say that Went away that way. He's going to come back the same way y'all that that uh, you might have missed it family The promise that we have to hold on is that one day if we believe one day hear me Jesus is coming back and we too will leave this earth and we will live with him in heaven forever and ever But until that happens family hear me Let's continue to hold on to hope with each other hope in the resurrection walking through this life facing anything that may come our way Because there is power In the resurrection, wherever you are right now, this is what I want to do. I'm going to invite you to sing with me as we end today. And don't worry, (laughs) I'm not going to lead us in song today. I don't want to mess anything up. But wherever you are right now, I want you to declare these words with me as we sing this song from Elevation Worship. It's called Do It Again. I want to declare these words with you all and I want to sing. I want to make our houses shake. I want the neighbors to hear because I wanted to declare that we believe that if Jesus can do something, then he can do it again. Family, if he can get up from the grave, he can free us from our struggles. He can free us from our trials. He can get us out of our problems. He can free us from COVID-19. We do believe that. He can do it again. So what I'm going to do right now, and my wife's going to come up. She's going to lead us in song, but I'm going to read these lyrics first. And I just want you to listen to and close your eyes if you have to right now. I just want you to hear these words and let them just just fall over you right now. Let them wash over your spirit and over your heart right now. I want you to, to, to just listen to the words of this song. And then afterwards, she's going to lead us in song and we're going to sing this together. We want the whole world to hear our voices. Amen. Hear these words. Your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness. Faithfulness. I'm still in your hands. That's good. This is my confidence. You've never felt me yet. I've seen you move. Come move the mountains. And I believe. I'll see you do it again. You made a way when there was no way. And I believe I'll see you do it again. Family, this is what I want you to do. Wherever you are in your house, I just want you to stand to your feet. If you haven't already, stand to your feet. Some of y'all might be amen and already. Stand to your feet, whether you're in your kitchen or in your living room. Stand with your families. And I want to proclaim. I want to sing these words. I want to worship because Jesus is worthy of our worship, especially today when we remember the hope we have in the resurrection. So stand wherever you are. Raise your hands and let's just sing to God. Let's sing worship to him and let's declare these words. Kaylee, I'm going to ask you to just lead us in a song now. Her voice is way better than mine, y'all. Let's sing together.
1: Your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness, your faithfulness. I'm still in your hands This is my confidence You've never failed me yet I've seen you move You move the mountains And I believe I see you do it again You made a way When there was no way and I believe i see you do it again. You made a way When there was no way and I believe Mm. I see you do it again You made a way When there was no way and I believe I see you do it again
0: family believe those words do you truly believe those words he made a way he got up out of that grave he did that that means that he can free us today he can do it again and as I always say family of renewal God is not done yet he's not done yet today we can be thankful that Christ's work as I started with talking about all those people His work didn't end with him. But because if we believe, family, we get to continue on in his legacy and his work. And because of what he did, it gives us hope Mm -hmm. and the power to keep going. Amen. 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 Let's pray together. Father God, we're so grateful for you. Mm -hmm. You are an amazing God. And we thank you that you made a way, mm-hmm. that you died, you were buried, but yet you got up out that grave. Yes. Father, we give you all the praise and glory because you're worthy of all the praise and glory. Mm-hmm. Not us, but you, you defeated sin and death yes. for us. You gave it all for us. So I pray for the person that's struggling with their belief right now. I pray that you would intercede in their hearts. Bring them to the faith right now. Let them say, I need Jesus. I believe in you with all my heart. I know I've been running my own life, but I need you, Jesus. For the person that's listening right now that believes but's been struggling with everything maybe happening to the world, in the world, or that's happening to them, God, I pray that they will believe and they would have hope beyond a shadow of a doubt because you're a good God. That you died, you were buried, and you rose for us. So, Lord, let us trust you in the midst of our lives, in the midst of everything going. We give you all glory. We say thank you once more. And it's in your mighty name. We pray all these things. And everyone said together. Amen. Thanks again for tuning into our podcast today. I pray that it was a blessing and an encouragement to your soul. I look to see you at one of our services at 930 or 11 a.m. on Sunday morning. Take care. God bless you.